some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Never before in the history of sports podcasts have two men brought you opinion and analysis like these two. They speak for a city that's desperate for wins and titles, not whining and travesty. You might not agree with what they have to say, but you'll defend their right to say it. Sports fans across the world, from Chicago, Illinois, this is The Mac and Reed Show. Good evening, everybody. Welcome into another edition of the Mac and Reed Show right here on the Barroom Network. Uh, we are live on YouTube, of course, thanks to the Barroom Network. And you can check out all the previous shows on YouTube if you want to see our faces. Audio-only versions are available through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your audio. Check it out. Like, subscribe, tell a friend or two. You can follow us on Twitter. Follow me at the Real Evan Mac and follow Ross at Ross Reed. Hello, Ross. How's it going? Hello. I am plugging our show on Twitter right now to, to get some more people to jump in today on this beautiful Wednesday evening. How are you doing? Tweet that shit. Uh, exactly. I'm doing great. Yeah. And remember, you can, if you are watching along with us on YouTube, you can live comment and, and we'll give you your due as well as you give your hot takes, uh, unless you're from Detroit, where we'll just shit on you. <laughs> and uh, a lot to get to on the show today. We've been off for a minute, I feel like. So yep, yep. we missed a lot of the finals recap, but we are in it, man. And uh, we're going to talk about Bears offseason news to start. And we're training camp is just around the corner here as the Bears are uh, going to conclude their offseason program, uh, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin Jones going in after Packers fans. We'll have the audio from that. And then as far as... Uh, NFL storylines as well that we'll throw in there, get Ross's opinions. And then Denver hoisting their first NBA championship uh, as they defeated the Heat in four games to one. It was a, a very impressive run for the Nuggets. We'll dive into all that and Jokic's legacy. And then we'll be talking about the uh, Father's Day celebrations as, as we end the show, of course, and more media. As we're now in the dog days of summer after this NBA and a championship in the NHL uh, championship as well. Stanley Cup concluded with the, the Golden Knights just thumping the Panthers. So a bad week for Miami, but get Lionel Messi. We'll talk about that Messi effect as well. Favorite TV dads. Uh, just so much fun stuff on the way. But to begin, let's go ahead and talk about the Chicago Bears as... Um, you know, it's, it's really early on, and guys had just reported to OTAs. And there's only so much you can see, a bunch of seven-on-seven drills where guys aren't even in pads yet, no no pads popping. So uh, you're just going through the motions, and especially from the offensive side, which we'll touch on a lot in this show, we're seeing Justin Fields build his chemistry with his his new number one in DJ Moore. Um, you know, they wrapped up their second full practice of minicamp. Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, Jack Sanborn, uh, this is today. Each did not participate due to injuries. Uh, the highlights of the day were some strikes from Justin Fields and, and a tight window to DJ Moore, for example. Um, but 
there are inconsistencies. I, I think every reporter close to the Bears will say that, and even an outside of the Bears organization and us fans looking from afar um, will say that there are some inconsistencies. But there's 40 days to get ready, give or take, uh, for that opener against Green Bay. And, of course, the preseason games will be uh, great dress rehearsals as well. But, you know, to lead the show, Fields and Moore are, are shining. That That's... You know, we'll we'll talk about that at length, and that's that's great to have that great uh, number one connection, one to two. But is there cause for concern? You know, on the injury front with Chase Claypool, and we talked about it. Uh, and and if you follow the Barroom Network on Twitter, which you should, there was a poll earlier talking about um, the con- level of concern about Chase Claypool that I'll put up right now. This graphic: What's your level of concern with Chase Claypool heading into twenty twenty three? Based on injuries, based on his, you know, lack of production, et cetera, you know, he uh, didn't have a great first year with the Bears. And, and you know, when you come from a trade, you only get so much time. But the level of concern, as you can see, there's either some or, or high for those those folks that voted. There's only a smaller percentage of zero level of concern, which is probably accurate. So with that in mind, with him injured and and really just down production, no touchdowns, pretty minimal catches last year. What's your level of concern with Chase Claypool, Ross? Yeah, I think I agree with the majority there in that poll, which is it's somewhat concerning. Um, and I think it's because you have to look at the the history from him, right? He, listen, this is a guy who was highly touted coming out of Notre Dame, you know, gets drafted in the second round by the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the Steelers have a great pedigree of uh, drafting and developing wide receivers. And to me, the first concern is when the Steelers are saying, we're going to essentially give up on you. We don't want you a part of this situation anymore. That causes me to to be concerned right away because I think that they are, are – uh, a very good organization at identifying the kind of talent and developing it and keeping it in-house. Um, so that was kind of step one right there. And, and then from step two, you know, he, he was very productive early on in his career, not so much with Pittsburgh. Obviously, the quarterback situation had a lot to do with that, but Roethlisberger basically had a, a, a noodle arm towards the end of, of, of his Pittsburgh run. Um, but he gets to Chicago, and yes, th- there's so much stacked up against him. Has to learn a new playbook injuries involved, you know, all the, the, all the kinds of things like that. But you know, he, he didn't have a lot of like, even like, I wouldn't even say wild plays, even like just like above average plays. And then you go into this off season and, you know, he, he's, he wants a new contract and, you know, I'm sure the bears are inclined to want to give him one because they gave up a second round pick for him. But, you know, when, when you can't get out onto the football field, even during the summertime, you know, coming off of an injury riddled season last year, um, there is a somewhat cause for concern. And I guess the, the, the biggest thing is for me, for Claypool, is I just don't think that the full potential is ever going to come to fruition for him. I'm willing to be patient. I'm willing to still give him the benefit of the doubt for right now because it is June and we have a long way to go. But you know, I, I think he has a quick hook. I, and I think that, um, you know, if he can't get out there and play consistently and stay healthy in September and going forward, um, I don't think the Bears should bring him back. And I, I don't think they should even, even consider offering him uh, a, a contract. You know, you, you are now in a much better situation, uh, you know, from a wide receiver standpoint. I, I obviously trust DJ Moore. 
Um, I trust Darnell Mooney more than Chase Claypool right now, even though Darnell Mooney, Darnell Mooney is also coming off an injury last year. You know, you want to see what a guy like Tyler Scott can do. You know, and, and you know, it, you know, you're at a point too where, you know, instead of jump pumping 17, 18, 19 million dollars potentially a year into a wide receiver that just can't maximize his potential, you might be able to find that again in the draft. You know, we saw a bunch of guys in the first round get taken this year in the second round. Uh, the Bears are going to have a uh, at least the Carolina Panthers decent uh, draft pick because they've got that pick as well, and they've got their own picks this year, stuff like that. So it's a little bit somewhat concerning, but I think for now we have to give him the benefit of the doubt. But if this starts going at the training camp and he can't stay on the field in training camp and he can't get reps in preseason and he can't stay on the field in the regular season, then obviously that concern gets greater. And um, I, I, I'd sooner just think about cutting losses. Uh, obviously he'll, he'll last through the season, but I can't see him getting a, a long-term deal from the Bears. Yeah, 24 years old, caught 10 passes for 60 yards, zero touchdowns, targeted 18 times in this last season with Justin Fields at the helm. Uh, and again, when you saw that poll, some level of concern at least. And and for me, there's, there's a high level of concern for him. He's 24 years old, and he certainly had uh, a bunch of highlight reel plays in Pittsburgh. That's why you went and got this guy because he's got such great size but it's a competitive wide receiver room between you know dj moore right now and darnell mooney who you mentioned who i would definitely trust more than claypool even with his injuries at this point right now just because he showed that chemistry with the fields last year but claypool obviously has a lot to play for even with these minor injuries and you know you'll have that asterisk if you have those injuries i guess but can you imagine him being healthy and then putting up those shitty types of numbers like 200 receiving yards or 300 something absurd like that just basically getting shut out for you know a tight end like Cole Komet and Moore and, and Mooney and even other guys like Vilas Jones maybe sneaking in there and getting uh, all those stats so it, it's a bit concerning we'll see come training camp this is all again as we know we need to take a deep breath as, as mm-hmm. Bears fans this is all just the very very early onset of offseason storylines there are no knock on wood major injuries in mind right now this is as Ross meets his mic for his dogs and uh, no no major injuries to report thus far that guys are nursing and, and missing training camp completely um there's, there's not too much concern there. And minor injuries, if it's from Chase Claypool's mouth, I'm not too concerned about it. It's nice to see, again, as we'll switch focus to DJ Moore and QB1 building their chemistry, that's for sure. Um, but I'm not, yeah, as far as Chase Claypool is concerned, I we need, as Bears fans, to see this unit be completely healthy. The offensive line is very important. On the positive note, uh, yeah, the, the the connection between um, DJ Moore and Justin Fields seems to be real at this point. And even though it's you know without pads, not completely full speed, it's something that we can really see. You know, obviously Justin Fields having just such a a great level of talent at Ohio State, where we saw him you know at his peak performance uh, as a quarterback at Ohio State. Now you know he was thrown to a bunch of bums last year. He's able to throw to a guy who had some incredible catches and and, and uh, stats uh, with the Panthers, and when he really wasn't playing with a great quarterback of his own to that end. So between the two of them, uh, you know, Fields really now it's it's that savvy vet that Justin Fields wants at this point. 
And now, you know, DJ Moore, he's able to to play with a guy who has just some great talent. What are your expectations? I know it's very early, Ross, but uh, what are your impressions, I guess, of this uh, early on, too, with the DJ Moore and Justin Fields connection? Yeah, basically, it's the complete opposite of, of Chase Claypool. <laughs> so if you have a little bit of concern for, you know, Chase Claypool, I have zero concerns for DJ Moore. I think this guy is a consummate professional. I think he's going to come in. And, uh, and be ready to go right away, as we've seen him already. He's been uh, awesome since he's been traded to the Bears. Um, he has certainly the pedigree in, in this league, right? He's, you know, he's been in the league now, you know, since 2018 when he was 21 years old. And he's been able to play virtually every single game. And, you know, the lowest amount of receptions he had was his rookie year with 55 receptions for 788 yards. You mentioned about his quarterback situation last year. It definitely wasn't ideal. And still, somehow, he had the most touchdowns in his career at seven and almost had 1,000 yards. So I, I think this guy is – he's got top 10 wide receiver potential. I think that him and Justin Fields are already starting to have good chemistry with together with each other and making magic. He allows Justin to a go deep down the field, which Justin really wants to do, and, and throw it to a fast, big body receiver, but also try and fit the football into those tight spaces, knowing that DJ Moore has you know great hands, is going to be able to come down with it. And I just think that those two guys are, are really, really going to have great chemistry together with each other. And it also opens up everything else for all the other guys. This helps Darnell Mooney be more of a better wide receiver because he's not getting number one coverage like like he would, you know, in the past because he was the best receiver. This allows a guy like even Cole Komet and Robert Tunyon to get more opportunities over the middle of the field because the defense has to pay so much attention to DJ Moore as he's running 25, 30 yards down the field. Even Tyler Scott, who's going to get some reps off the slot, and, of course, it all circles back to Ch Ch Chase Claypool. If Chase Claypool can't go out there and eat in this offense with DJ Moore on the field, then that's a huge situation. So, I, you know, I, I love what I'm seeing so far and what I'm hearing so far from DJ Moore. I, I just think that, you know, he, he reminds me a lot of on the field of what Brandon Marshall brought to the Bears when he was traded here, you know, years ago. Obviously, they're two different guys off the field, but Brandon Marshall was just – he was such an explosive – security blanket for Jay Cutler. And obviously Brandon Marshall put up unbelievable numbers in his in his short time in Chicago. Um I think DJ Moore, you know, because of his age, you know, remember he's only 25 years old right now. Um I think that he could really uh you know with him and Justin kind of rewrite the records the record books for each other. And you know they can be a um I, I know it, I think Pro Football Focus had them one of the uh emerging top five quarterbacks to wide receiver duels this year coming up, right? And not the ones yeah. that have already existed, but of the new guys. And I completely agree. I, I mean, from a fantasy football standpoint, from a realistic on-the-field standpoint, those two guys should really uh, make magic together, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, no question. Uh, I agree with you. And NFL.com, as you mentioned, ranked Fields and more than new, the number five new veteran uh, quarterback wide receiver duo, I'm sure. Uh, Lamar Jackson and OBJ are, are somewhere in that new top five as well. I know Lamar is excited as well. Mm -hmm. So the offense, yeah, th those expectations are there, and, and I echo everything you say. And, and what I echo even more is the potential with the fields and more connection as they build chemistry. And hopefully if it's as good as a Cutler, Brandon Marshall type of connection, then we'll be on to something there, but open up other opportunities for a guy we mentioned in Chase Claypool, a guy sure. like Arnell Mooney and, and Cole Komet. And then you get Robert Tunyon across the middle too. And, and 
really working these tight ends will be will be huge as well as the Bears try to make their mark in the NFC North now that Aaron Rodgers isn't there to run the league. So uh, I know that, uh, you know, on the defensive side of things, uh, Eddie Jackson, you, you know, trying to be healthy and he, mm-hmm. there's a lot expected from him as as one of the as the highest paid safety in the league still or or he's he yeah, he's certainly up there. He's he's probably yeah. still in well, the top five right yeah, now. So still in that top five. But, you know, recovering from serious injury, it's his seventh season with the Bears. He said, quote, these years, we can't waste them. I've got to lead by example. I've got to go out there and play the best ball that I can and go out there and make plays. It's huge. It's year seven for me. So there's not more years to waste. Every year, I want to come out and improve and get better and better. And we remember when the Bears last made the playoffs, um, and that was, I should say, that year where they lost to the Eagles and they were losing. They missed Eddie Jackson when he had a a Pro Bowl, like all pro sort of caliber season. Mm -hmm. That's the best we've seen Eddie Jackson so far. It's been, and the rest of his career has been mired. He got the bag based on that season. But now it's kind of been mired in injury since that point. You know, he's he, he it makes a lot of sense what he's saying when you're in year seven. Like that's you're the vet now. And you've, you've basically peaked at that point. If you're seven years in, in the league at that position, it's uh, it's really only downhill from there. So he's really got to got to embrace this peak of this prime of his career, rather. So it'll be interesting to see how. He leads this new look defense, and and what are your impressions? What have you heard from camp so far as they get ready to report to training camp very soon? Yeah, A.D. Jackson uh, now eighth among safeties in in highest paid right now. He's at $14.6 million a year. Highest paid safety would be Derwin James from the Los Angeles Chargers at a whopping $19.1 million, and and that is well-deserved for him. But Money well spent. Yeah, listen, I, I think Eddie Jackson is the most important player on that defense for the Bears. I, I, I know they got Tremaine Edmonds on there, and I know you know people talk about Jalen Johnson and stuff like that, but that defense goes as Eddie Jackson goes, and it's really because he is still the best playmaker on that defense. He's still the guy who can take the ball away uh, from the opposing offense and take it to the house. And when the Bears were humming as a collective football team and potentially trying to – going to the playoffs to make a long run, it was really on the strength of Eddie Jackson making those 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 great plays. And he was kind of rounding back in the form a little bit last year before he got hurt. He was actually having uh, a very outstanding season. And so that's what, you know, sucks so much about seeing him go down last year is, um, you know, they, and, and you can see it when he got hurt last year. That Bears defense took a massive hit. Now, obviously, a bunch of guys got hurt last year. Uh, you know, but listen, he he played, you know, 12 games last year and he had four interceptions. He hadn't done that since 2018 when he was a pro bowler in all pro safety that year. That's really the, you know, the 2018-2019 season is what got him the big contract. So he he was well on his way last year to, to having another solid season. I, I think he can return to form. Again, he helps uh, Jaquan Brisker out a lot who's now going into his second year, who plays a lot better, you know, closer to, to the to the action, to the ball, almost like a, an extra linebacker out there. But the Bears have a bunch of rookies too in that, in, you know, in that secondary that are going to probably see some time. I mean, everybody's raving already about Tyreek Stevenson, the rookie from Miami. He's probably going to be a starting corner on, on week one. And if he is, you desperately need a guy like Eddie Jackson to help uh, provide him space over the top. Terrell Smith is another uh, rookie that's going to be able to get some snaps out there. Not a rookie, but we know about Kyler Gordon, and he's going to be out on the football field a lot too. And then he helps the linebackers a lot. 
Um, you know, Tremaine Evans is obviously going to be your Mike. Uh, he's going to be the guy right in the middle of the field. But, you know, I look at guys like Jack Sanborn and Noah Sewell, the rookie who's probably going to get a, a ton of snaps this year. They're not the best to me in pass coverage. And so you need a guy like Eddie Jackson to really, really be smart on the back end and put you in position and also make those plays. So um, it's good to see him out there. It's good to see him healthy. And let's hope that he can stay this way because I do think that he – is the captain of that defense, especially with the style that Everfus yeah. wants to 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 do, and I think you see that because I, you know the Bears very real. I think they could have traded him last year as they traded Roquan Smith, right? And they started to sell off some pieces. And I think they could have traded him in the off season. He's making a, a lot of money for a team that's not really a Super Bowl contender, but they value his leadership and they value what he brings to the defense and to those young guys. And so I think that's why he's still here. And I think he's going to be here for you know quite a while to go as long as he can stay healthy. It would be great to see him uh, be a, a lifelong bear, but uh, you know, what's it's still a lot to be played in, in Eddie Jackson's career, I should say. Um, but yeah, he, he absolutely needs to be out there as a captain and as a leader uh, of this bears defense. So it'll be exciting to see Tremaine Edmonds as well. And all these, these new signings and new rookies just get, a lot of chemistry with a, a new look defense completely. We still don't know what's going to happen with that pass rush. I know the the latest on, you know, say Yannick Ngakwe, he's, he's got a fancy new agent to get him signed before training camp. Maybe the bears, maybe there's an outside chance. I know that again, we talked in the last time we talked Ross. we mm -hmm. talked about uh, Matt Averflus basically committing to, to signing an edge rusher uh, before training camp or, or at least during, during training camp at some point. So there, yeah. there's possibilities out there. Any rumors? What do you got? Yeah. I mean, he, he doubled down on it today too. He said, listen, the edge is still a, a priority for us. We want to bring one more guy in there. And uh, you know, we know how these, these old veterans think they don't want to do all the shit that they're, that these guys are doing right now. They don't want to show up to OTAs and mini camps and they really don't even want to show up to training camp. These guys, half these guys are, you know, you just came back from Miami, you know, a couple of weeks ago. I was down in Miami too. Listen, it's fun to to show up to the gym at, at 12 o'clock and get a pump in and then go down to Collins Ave and then, you know, sit on the beach and, and, and have some fun. You don't want to be up in Lake Forest right now in, in, in Chicago area for OTAs. So I think a lot of these guys are going to take their time. I think as we get closer to August, um, you know, a lot of these guys are probably like July. A lot of these guys are going to sign. But um, Yannick Ngakwe is a I, I think he's still a guy that to me would be number one to bring in. I know there's rumors of him wanting a multi-year deal. Um, he's got Drew Rosenhaus as an agent now. Drew Rosenhaus and Roy and Ryan Poles have a good working relationship. Um, so I think that he's still a possibility. I think Jadavian Clowney is a possibility too. And to be honest with you, with the Bears cap space right now, I would sign both of them to one-year deals. Like it doesn't hurt. Man. Yeah. You know, uh, because you're probably gonna get both those guys right now for around $10 million total. And I'm fine with that because you look at that 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 depth right now at, at the at the edge for them, it's Demarcus Walker who you brought in from Tennessee, but he's been primarily a backup in his career. It's Travis Gibson, who's your own guy, but again, primarily a backup. Dominique Robinson has been a backup. Rasheen Green is a guy you brought in from Houston. He's another backup as well. Those are your That's your rotation right now at left defensive end and right defensive end. These guys are backups. And so at least if you bring in uh, you know, guys like Ngakwe uh, or, or, um, or, or Jadavion Clowney, their experience – they can rotate in and out, 
and they're they're good football players. I know Cliff here is also throwing Justin Houston out there. Justin Houston is another guy out there. He reminds you know obviously he's played with the Colts and he knows that system very well. He reminds me a lot of uh, you know ironically playing with the Colts of, of Dwight Freeney uh, late in his career and what he can bring to the table and stuff like that. So you know bring bring in. I know you know Everflue said he wants to bring in one. I say bring in two. Bring in two on a one year deal. And then obviously in the draft 2024, you know, I, I'd be shocked if they didn't address, uh, you know, p- pass rushing early and often in that draft because it is the most glaring need right now on this football team. Absolutely. I mean, regardless of who you sign and if you sign someone, because they need some vet, at least one. And I'm with, I'm with you now that you throw out two guys, then that would be, that'd be a home run to help, uh, you know, again, complete the whole change up of this of this new look defense uh but there's a long way to go with that for sure but uh, you know it, it on the note of the bears sort of changing the narrative uh, i did love what justin jones had to say about green bay today as we'll listen in how different is it going to be now that aaron Rodgers is somewhere else uh, i wish he played one more year with the uh, green bay honestly uh <clears throat> we went up there and uh we played a, we played a pretty good game you know but uh they got away from us at the end obviously and uh, they won, but their fans are really shitty. So, um, yeah, I, I wanted to go back up there, and I wanted to play him, and I wanted to beat them, and I wanted him to be there so you can see it. But the fact that he's gone now, you know, I mean, it's, it's cool. I guess it's better for him not to be here, you know. But, um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm 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 ready to take it over. I mean, it's a good time to be a Bears fan. I'm not even going to lie to you. So This is a follow-up question I never thought I'd ask. In which ways are they shitty? Man, like, <laughs> I mean, man, like just just the way that they're just freaking obnoxious, just yelling and all that other stuff about things that don't even matter. Like we're not even running, we're not even running to play. You guys are talking about boo. Oh yeah, go. Like what, what are we even talking? He hasn't even started yet. Like what are we even talking about here? Like you know y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Half of them don't even know football. It's it's, it's it's so weird to me. But I'm just ready to go back out there and play. And I, I, I want to go out there and I want to beat the hell out of them. You know, on their field. And I want to hear I want to hear the booze then. You know, that that's what I look forward to. So, uh, yeah. And, and as far as the obnoxious part of it, Packers fans say the same about Bears, same about Bears fans is, is <laughs> without a doubt. I'm sure. Break, but, breaking but news, want, rival yeah. fan base thinks that the other <laughs> fan base sucks. Oh my God. This is uh, shocking. This is real <laughs> shocking. If you, if you miss the highlights there, you called them shitty, obnoxious, and half of them, don't even know football um, and did point out, I wish, I wish Aaron Rodgers was still there sure. so we could beat them and, and the, with this new look defense. And, and he's got a chip on his shoulder, of course, I, uh, as, the, as this defense should. And I appreciate it. Listen, this division right now is completely wide open and you can't tell me that a lot of these guys on these teams don't feel it, uh, especially with Aaron Rodgers leaving. And, you know, look what happened. Look what's happening in Minnesota right now is they're kind of, you know, Taking pieces off their situation, yeah, Dalvin Cook is gone. Yeah. Daniel Hunter might be gone, stuff like that. You know, the Lions half their team might be gambling right now and might be getting suspended, like and stuff like that. Um, but you know, I, I know a lot of people took offense, especially in Green Bay, to to his statements. Again, it's a, it's a it's a rival player on a rival fan base. You know, saying something in June if that pisses you off. Um, I, I, I don't know what to say. I have been to Lambeau Field uh, twice in my life. It is a beautiful stadium. Uh, the fans are very pleasant people. But listen, 
for a night game last year, it was Bears Packers. It started at seven something at night. I walked around Green Bay at 10 o'clock in the morning and people were carrying cases of bush light down the street. So <laughs> that tells you a lot about their their mindset and their mentality heading into a game that doesn't yeah. start for another be obnoxious after the bush light. That doesn't start for another eight hours. You know, that's that's a part of that's a part of it. I, I think Green Bay is a very different atmosphere because it is a it's a more collegiate style atmosphere. It's a small town. It's a more rabid fan base. The stadium, you can feel it in the stadium. Everything's all bleachers in there and stuff like that. And so that's what you're going to get. But I got zero problems with what he said. Um, back it up. Go out there and, 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 and back it up. They come here to Chicago week one, go whoop their ass. And when it's time to go to Green Bay a little bit later in the season, back it up. So, you know, it, that, that's all I say. You know, Justin Jones is a part of that that rotation that we talk about in that pass rush. You know, these guys got to step up. He's going to be a starter this year with with probably Andrew Billings, but those rookies are, are breathing down his neck. Javon Dixon has been having a really good offseason from what we heard, and Zach Pickens is going to be out there as well. These guys are rookies, and they were drafted pretty high. They're going to want to get them on the football field right away. So if that motivates Justin Jones to keep his starting job, my brother, go do it, go say it, but back it up. Back it up. Week one, you face Green Bay, and it, it's completely different story with Jordan Love uh, behind center. So that will be mm-hmm. fascinating to see if Justin Jones and company can back it up. And this defense can can look like the Bears defenses of old. I know you and I both miss it, Ross, as do many of the folks in the chat and listening in and watching on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I got for Bears news. Unless you have anything else. I, I say this every single time because I mean it. Say it. Stay safe. Stay out. Stay out the headlines. Stay, stay out, out of the playpen. Stay out the please the police blotter blotter. Stay off the of TMZ. Don't, don't pull please. a fucking Zion. All right. Yes. Yes. Need please, please come back. Do not pull a Zion. Please no. <laughs> please come back to to Lake Forest in a few weeks very safely. Uh, we know that Justin Fields will be traveling to France this weekend. Uh, he is a, a he, uh, his agent is Quincy Avery, who also represents Deshaun Watson and uh, the aforementioned Jordan Love, and so the three of those guys will be doing a a football camp together uh, in France with each other. I'll, I'll save you the Deshaun Watson comments and stuff like that. That's a different show for a different day, but um, let's hope that Justin is stays safe and he has a beautiful time in France. It's a lovely country this time of year. Come back to Chicago safely, please, because we we need you and we've got high aspirations. And you know, I'm sure that that's what Matt Eberflus said to his football team as he bids them adieu. And they part their separate ways before they all come back in a, in a couple weeks. What, why is he in France? I missed that. I'm sorry. They're doing a football camp. So uh, oh, okay. I believe he's in uh, – I think their, their, their company is Athletes First uh, and Quincy Avery uh, is his agent. And so they're all all the players underneath the same age and they're all getting together to do some football wow. camp in in, in France. And uh, Deshaun Watson is also one of his uh, his his uh, his guys, and then also so is Jordan Love. So the, all three of those guys will be there doing the same football camp with each other. Stay away from the French whores. <laughs> stay, yes, stay away from the Moulin Rouge and uh-huh. uh, and and uh, the red light district in in Paris, which is actually quite lovely. Uh, I was able to. It's it's one of the nicer red light. Europe does their yeah. red light districts a it, lot better it, than it, America. It is, it is, it is. It's actually quite lovely. It, it, it you hear red light district and you think uh, very negative things, but in like, America, like, yeah. like like Green Bay, 
the the red light district in Paris when I was there. They were very pleasant people. The hookers are sweeping the sidewalks, <laughs> washing the windows. That's like right. Goddamn musical. I love it. <laughs> uh, all right. Switching focus. You did mention the the Minnesota Vikings, and, yeah. and a big uh, move in the last week was Dalvin Cook being released by the Minnesota Vikings. And so yeah. that, you know, between him and Ezekiel Elliott, there's still a couple of running backs out there that could really just change the whole complexion of offenses out there. And I know, um, there's several landing spots being floated out there, but do you have a, a sense or or an opinion of where you'd want Dalvin Cook to land? Obviously, we don't want him in the NFC North anymore because he torched the Bears every time he played them. But um, still, it's certainly in his prime, too. I mean, I, I get it, as you touched on with Minnesota, too, how they're just trying to, with the Thielen move and now with Cook, mm-hmm. um, and I'm forgetting on defense who they who they dropped as well, but but kind of just shedding these the, the – the contract weight and and these vets, but yeah, going back to the question about Dalvin Cook, you got a you got your sight set on any team in particular or a few options? Yeah, it's going to be tough for him. Uh, Zadaria Smith is the, is the guy you're thinking about Thank too. You, yeah. The uh, the the guy that they they left. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I think a lot of these running backs right now are starting to feel are starting to see that the the love isn't there for them from a from a financial standpoint. Whether you're Saquon Barkley, you're not showing up to the camp to, to OTAs right now with the Giants because you're pissed off over that situation. I know Najee Harris had some comments uh, this week as well, saying that that he um, you know doesn't doesn't feel good about where the running back situation is. Jonathan Taylor uh, also echoed that as well. Listen, it, it, don't don't raise your boys to be running backs right now because they are not being treated. They're not being treated kindly on the market right now. They they are very. They are very much like commodities, like disposable commodities. But um, I think that he would probably want to go to Miami. I know that that's a um, that that's an area where he's from, and uh, he'd like to probably go back home. And he'd probably be very dynamic in that offense. I think the best fit for him is, um, you know, I, it sounds like the Broncos are kicking the tires on him. And if if you are Dalvin Cook and you've seen what Sean Payton can do with Alvin Kamara in his career. And you know that Russell Wilson is really going to need a, um, a a security blanket. I forget the young man's name last year. I'll, I'll look it up right now. The the rookie that they had who uh, tore his knee up early on in the season. Um, but you know it's going to take him a little bit while to to get back up to speed again. If Dalvin Cook really wanted to kind of resurrect his career and go out there and 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 prove his worth. I think Denver would be the best spot for him because you think he's going to have tremendous opportunity there with uh, with uh, Sean Payton and um, and Russell Wilson. Javante Williams is the guy that I'm thinking about there right now. Their room is Javante Williams coming off a, a knee injury and, and Samaji P. Ryan. Double kicks steps right into there and probably is their day one starter. For sure. I would uh, certainly like to, I mean, he'd be just a hell of an addition to that already loaded Miami offense, as we've seen in Denver, you know, one of the worst scoring teams in the league. And and a big part of that was just even when they get in the red zone, they weren't able to do anything, uh, not for lack of trying, I guess, on Russell Wilson's end. And he's trying to have a bounce back year and he's looking all, all trim and shit after the NBA finals. Now he can focus, but, but cook, I I get uh, the comments are of course pointing to his injuries and it's uh, the toughest position. uh, One of the toughest in football for sure is, is certainly on the offensive side. When you go inside out, across the middle you're receiving and you're running and you just get a huge workload. Dalvin Cook has already took, taken a huge 
workload with the Minnesota Vikings. I'll be curious to see where he goes because he still has, has a lot of value for me. I'd, I'd still put him, you know, in that top tier of running backs, I would think. And, and again, for a, a running back hungry room like Denver, it makes too much sense, right? Absolutely. On the note of Denver, let's switch Ooh, focus to a big yeah thank you and uh russell wilson russell wilson getting no love from jamal murray just passed him by and his family <laughs> said nope don't care bye bye well he was he had a lot going on as did all of the denver nuggets who are now 2023 nba champions the first in franchise history um just an incredible run for denver as as we know the uh, the legend of Jokic uh just continues to grow and he was just unstoppable in this entire finals and, you know, finished this game five with 28 points, 16 rebounds, several assists. And it was a close one against Miami, but there was just really no answer for Jokic throughout the series. And and he was certainly that big difference um, and, and just incredible. And, and for this team to be healthy uh, was just what we wanted to see, see them realize their full potential. Um, just a, an incredible effort from them. It's their first title, as I mentioned. It's finally secured. Just a great effort by the Heat, too, which we'll talk about, who we'll talk about in a minute. It's it's one of the most impressive runs, for sure, over these last several years. You know, you think they're up in the conversation with the 2016 um, Cavs as well as the um, 2017 Warriors. Uh, it, it's uber impressive for, you know, Jokic to be – 28 years old, won two MVPs already. Now he's just, you know, the accolades just keep coming, right? Um, it, it was a good game uh, for Denver in game five. And I, I know the Heat certainly left a lot to to be desired there at the end, especially Jimmy Butler, when you really thought that he was going to come out swinging in that game where it was win or go home. You thought they would make a run for it, but it was not in the cards. And it's just, as we'd been pounding uh, throughout this the show Denver was the team to beat throughout these playoffs and certainly earning that number one seed helped as they didn't have to play the likes of the Warriors, but you get past LeBron, you sweep LeBron and then you play um, a team that just, you know, fought tooth and nail to get where they were from the plan, playing more basketball than most uh, than, than Denver, Denver did for sure. Getting to where, you know, having to survive that seven game series against the Celtics, um, but just incredibly impressive between him and Jokic and Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray had a, a more down game, but really started scoring when it counted in that game five. And then the contributions from guys like Aaron Gordon, from Michael Porter Jr. It was uh, really fun to see, man. I'm all for it. Um, Jokic becoming the first player, as you see on the ticker there, in history to lead the league in points and rebounds and assists. Uh, in a single postseason, which is just bonkers. It adds to his his legacy. What, what can you say about it, Ross? Congratulations to them. It couldn't have happened to, I think, a more likable guy in Jokic. I don't know how you can not like him. He um, has a very fun we'll personality. Wait till we talk about his comments. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he just, has, he's a, he just has a fun personality. He, he's worked his ass off throughout his career. He's a two-time MVP, despite the fact that he's told you he doesn't even care about those kind of accolades and stuff like that. The guy the guy literally ended the finals. It's like, the job is done. Now it's time to go home. <laughs> he's like, that, like, that's it. Like that he And so that's what he's going to do. He's going to go home. He's going to rest. He's going to spend time with his beautiful wife and daughter. 
and then he's going to come right back out next year. He's going to kick your ass again because he's not going anywhere. He's only 28 years old. It's not like he's super athletic or super fast. So he's not going to slow down or anything like that. Or, or his game doesn't age, you know, it, it doesn't age poorly. You come right back again next year and be right in the, right in the exact spot. I think a lot of people fail to realize, you know, coming off the bubble from a couple of years ago, if Jamal Murray doesn't get hurt, and he doesn't tear his ACL. I think Denver actually gets a ring sooner than they got it right now. But that Jamal Murray injury, uh, really uh, put it put it you know kind of slowed things down for them and set them back about two years and so um, it also couldn't happen to like like Aldo said a, a better sports city Denver's is a really cool city in general it's good people good vibe out there and so I'm yeah. happy they got it I think it's good for sports uh, you can even throw the the Golden Knights into this where you get different opportunities from different cities and, and, and different teams to to win and that's kind of what sports is all about. Um, from a pure basketball standpoint, I think um, I, I, the basketball I grew up watching was, you know, a lot of motion, a lot of passing, a lot of cutting to the basket, a lot of making the second and third pass. And I think that's what I love the most about watching Jokic and the Nuggets play is such an unselfish brand of basketball. It's kind of like you said, like what the 2017 Warriors did. It's like what the Bulls did back in the day with the triangle offense, Tim Duncan and um, and, and his Spurs teams were, were very much like that as well. It's just my favorite brand of basketball. I hate that dribble, 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 pounded, pounded, James Harden, one-on-one style and stuff like that. I, I, I can't stand that kind of basketball. So I'm happy to see the basketball purity uh, went out as well. And, uh, you know, Jokic, listen, he's going to go down as, as, as at least one of the, you know, 15 to 20 best players of all time. And obviously his legacy has still been written here, but he's a two-time MVP. He has a, um, a, he's got a, he's got a ring now. He's one of only like five players in, in basketball history to, to have the 50 plus club. You know what this is? It's if you can average in a game um, 50 plus uh, points, rebounds, assists a game. And, and it's just it's just an absurd number, and, and and only like five guys have been able to do that. And he's gonna, like I say, he's gonna keep, he's gonna keep, he's gonna, he'll be back again. So it's gonna be really fun to see. Um, you know, you, you might be seeing a, a turning of the guard and, and a new dynasty created. Pass off to the Miami Heat. They fought, they battled, they just were outmanned, and uh, I think they were very very exhausted. Uh, in particular, Jimmy Butler, he just looked tired. In that game the other night, he had no lift on his jump shots. He couldn't, when he got to the paint, he couldn't even lift up to shoot the ball, which is kind of what led to that big, big turnover there in the fourth quarter. Um, but I don't count Miami out either. It's it's a beautiful city. It's a it's a Pat Riley is at the helm. They will attract the star somehow, some way. Some some guy could wake up tomorrow, big star, and say, "Okay, trade me to Miami." And we've seen it happen before with them time and time again. So you know, they'll be back as well, but. Um, this is all about Denver right now and, and much yeah. deserved. I hope that nobody takes away this this limelight from them and says that they beat an eight seed or they beat an old LeBron or they, that's all bullshit. Jokic all- deserves all the 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 pomp and circumstance right now because he is the best player in the NBA currently and he should be treated as such. Yeah, I agree with, with everything you said, Ross, and you know the Nuggets the fifth different NBA champion in five seasons, that parody is is fun to see, man, where uh, you see Denver. And, and again, Jokic is a phenomenal player, but you look at that team now realizing their potential, 
uh, Kentavious Caldwell Pope was such a big addition, already winning one with mm -hmm. the Lakers, and now mm -hmm. this is second championship. And Jamal Murray, who you know you didn't really know if he was going to play basketball again after a point. Um, it, it was incredible to see the run he had, and and you saw how um, you know only Shaq and Kobe I think were ahead of of their scoring in in a finals like that. It was pretty mm -hmm. incredible. Aaron Gordon. Uh, as we talked about last time around, how uh, good of a player he is, and he had some quality minutes. And th then the bench it came up big. Bruce Brown, you know, the sixth man of the year right there. And then Jeff Green, who is a, a big addition, who's who's a real savvy vet there. Christian Brown, who um, th their rookie, who had some great minutes already, you know, coming off a national uh, championship with Kansas. And, and it's cool to see the other – journeymen there but it's all about Jokic. as far as his legacy i'm curious you know it, the top five big men of all time is is probably if you gotta rattle them off it's bill russell it's Shaq, it's uh, tim duncan kareem will kareem. Kareem. yeah a lot of on that list as well yeah so it's it's tough to crack even that top five so for you to say you know 15 top 15 top 20 he's still got a ways to go he's in the top 50 now, right? He would mm -hmm. probably round out that, you know, bottom 10 at some point there. You might even say, I, I don't know, based on um, comparing him to like Kevin Durant with one ring right now and the stats that they've both put on, you know, Kevin Durant, a different type of player, obviously, but, um, but they're kind of gunning for each other. I feel like just because all these other guys on this list are retiring, like, or at the end of their career, like a LeBron, someone like that. But it, it's crazy going back to, you know, you, him talking about the offseason and said it, it's done. Now we can go home and saying nobody likes their job. <laughs> it's like I, it's pretty crazy. He's 28. So you figure he could play, you know, another decade if he stays healthy, something like that. Uh, but does the dude love the game that much? He, he seems like the type of guy who could maybe get another ring and be like, no, nah, I'm going to retire. I'm going to, you know, have my horse farm and, and be good. It was crazy to see how humble he was, but he kind of shit on the job, right? I'm not sure he'd stick around that long. Um, you know, the competition at the position is really crazy. But again, going back to him being a 41st overall pick, what, what an underdog story and how people, how teams, team after team slept on him. And for him to get drafted in that during that Taco Bell commercial is just mm -hmm. bananas. But I, I'm excited to see Denver try to run it back right now. I think they're, they're favorites for a reason. If they can keep this uh, core together, I know Murray and Jokic are, are do some big-time contracts at this point. But uh, it'll be curious to see if, if they keep most of this roster together and what happens, right? It will be. And, you know, obviously the NBA has got the new uh, tax apron coming in and stuff like that. They made a very stealthy trade uh, during the NBA Finals, actually, to get some more draft picks. And we saw – you know, they, they had the guy, uh, you know, Brown out there, the rookie that was able to, uh, you know, to compete with them. Um, to me, as long as you have that core four coming back, which they do, they're all on the contract, Jokic, Murray, Gordon, Porter, you're going to interchange pieces in there and, and, and move guys around, and that's going to be okay. And then what happens is the Jokic effect starts to happen. If you're a veteran and you are looking for – you start ring chasing – and you don't mind getting paid $2.5 million a year, you can go sign with Denver because, A, you could have the opportunity to win a ring, and then, B, Jokic just makes everybody look 
better. He just makes everybody look good. Oh, and, and selfish. Yeah. yeah. So what he did for you know, you know, you talk about Cal Davis, Caldwell Pope, and and other veterans on the roster. Bruce Brown went there. He was a guy from that was with the Nets last year, and and you know really couldn't get the minutes that he wanted. He comes in here and he's playing meaningful minutes in the fourth quarter and and, and doing well. That's the Jokic effect of veterans and coming in. So now guys are going to start to come in and call their agents and say, "Get me there for one year. I can get a ring with this guy." I can get a couple of bucks and then I can kind of ride off to the sunset. It's going to happen. Yeah. The first title for Denver in 47 seasons is uh, a great story. And it, you know, again, a day later, it's a bad week for Miami that continues. Golden Knights go ahead and clinch their Stanley cup, uh, mm-hmm. which was a very fun story as well. But it's, it's good to see that uh, parody again. I can't go back to that enough, but with Jokic, it's uh, and and that's how you get into the the Hall of Fame talks and legend talks and the top ten top fifteen player talks is you play on selfish basketball like he does and he's he's like he said it long ago I don't jump high I'm I'm not particularly fast mm-hmm. if I'm open I shoot if I'm not I'm gonna pass it and his that court vision was so huge uh, and making clutch baskets was was big. The rebounding, you know, obviously really big into Denver's favor, um, but but kudos to the Heat. And now you wonder, obviously Jimmy Butler left it all out there and the rest of this team. And Bam Adebayo really just carrying that team mostly as well. But I'm curious to see what the Heat do on the other side too because, you know, we've been singing their praises even though they came up on the losing end this close to a finals, uh, an NBA championship again. They you know, are one or two pieces away, right? You had a bunch of undrafted free agents. You were without Tyler Hero and Victor Oladipo. So you're mm-hmm. curious, you know, you're seeing the the Bradley Beal rumors going around. You see what they could uh, what they could go for, and and you know the man the man behind uh, the curtain, if you will, and and Pat Riley, what he has up his sleeve for the Heat into 2024. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I said, the Heat are going to be back because they're always going to be a destination because of because it's Miami. Who doesn't want to be rich and young and live in Miami? And then you've got the Pat Riley factor. He's done this now three or four times. He he did this when he took over and he had and he brought in Shaq from from the Lakers and and they won a ring with Dwayne Wade. Exit Shaq, enter in Bosh and 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 LeBron and and exit those guys. And then now he brings in Jimmy Butler, and this is now their second final appearance underneath that. And I think he realizes Jimmy Butler needs more firepower out there and more help. And so it wouldn't be surprising if Bradley Beal comes to Miami or Damian Lillard comes to Miami or, or you know some big name is going to be in Miami at the end of this year because that's just what Pat Riley does. Pat Riley is going to go down as one of the most, you know, as one of the three most influential people in basketball history from what he's been able to do to win rings as a player with the Lakers, to win rings as a coach with the Lakers, to what he did with the Knicks, to winning as a coach with the, with the heat, to be an executive and winning with them. And, and, you know, also, you know, uh, really being a big part of the player, the player empowerment era and and really saying we want to be this. And so, yeah, I don't, I'll never bet against Pat Riley. Yeah, no question. And 25% of, all the NBA finals, I think the stat was, it was just absurd to see sure. his, his effect on the NBA. And uh, yeah, you, you got to say the future is still pretty bright for Miami there. And uh, man, that messy news was pretty incredible too, to see him, sign, you know, getting huge money, obviously into sort of spurn, what was it like a billion dollars or something ridiculous from Saudi, sure. Saudi Arabia where 
where these uh, other players can go. But it's like you said, the allure of Miami and Messi has already accomplished so much internationally right. where you can just do kind of what David Beckham started to do and just go and, and fuck around in Miami and, and live an incredible life there. And, and the effect, though, on that team in particular was just bananas where your ticket prices, you know, went up a thousand percent your Instagram followers, the social media, everything like that just blew up right after that. So it's uh, it's a good time to be a, a Miami sports fan, I'd still say, despite the the losses in the Stanley Cup and the NBA Finals. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and if we said, you know, don't don't raise your kids to be running backs, you certainly raise them to be uh, goal-striking soccer players because those guys are winning right now uh, yeah. on and off the field. Those guys are getting paid. Uh, you know, two hundred you know million dollars a year. If you're Ronaldo and Messi and some of these other big names, we saw Mbappe is 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 planning his exit now from Paris Saint Germain, and uh, and so now he's going to you know strategize what what's his next best move. And I think it's good for the MLS, you know, because the MLS needs the star power. They need people to come out to the games. Um, you know, I I think it's a fun product, but you just need people want to see stars, especially if you are down in Miami and. You know, I already looked up the, the that Miami team is coming to Chicago October fourth, and the prices uh, went up ten times for tickets just because Messi is coming to town. <laughs> you know, yeah. but that's the Messi like effect, and then that's thirty the bucks to two hundred fifty. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, future's bright there. As we round out the show, uh, Ross, you are you watching the Idol? You, you care to fill me in on on this? Uh, I finished now. I finally finished Succession. Yeah. Finished. Ted Lasso, yes, yes. satisfying endings. Uh, one more sad than the other. <laughs> I, I am. Yes, which one? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I am watching The Idol. Um, I cannot, in good faith, call it a good show. Um, <laughs> I think it's pretty bad, but it's very much <laughs> like a uh, like a like an interesting car wreck. You can't you can't help but not watch it. And so, you got the weekend in there. You have the weekend. I'm a huge fan of the weekend's music. Uh, that is Johnny Depp's daughter on the screen. I forget her name right now, but she is a Depp. Um, and she's actually very. It's Lily yeah, Rose. <laughs> Lily Rose Depp. And uh, she's very charismatic. She's obviously very pretty and stuff like that. It's coming from Barry Levinson, who's also the creator of uh, Euphoria. So he's got history there with, with HBO. This just isn't a very good show. It, it looks cool. It looks great. It's pretty poorly acted, in particular by the weekend. I think the writing is bad. It's very sensationalized. And yet, somehow, I've already watched two episodes, and I'm like, I'm going to watch it again next week, and I'm going to keep watching it again. Oh, boy. Um, it, it did. It's just, it's a really bad show that I, I just, I feel like I cannot turn off right now. And a part of it is because the timing is, is it is coming out in a time where there's nothing else out there, right? We don't have the sports anymore. My baseball team sucks right now. Um, you know, I, I, I am able to get out to the movie theater and, and catch some, some good movies. Uh, shout out to, to, to the new Spider-Verse movie. Go see that. It is a top five movie this year. It is absolutely phenomenal. Um, nice. But yeah, I'm watching it because there's not, there's just, there isn't much going on right now, but I can't in good faith recommend this to anybody. Yeah, and my, uh, again, back to the immediate turnoff being the, the star's name and Lily Rose, which is my daughter's name. Being less than, <laughs> less than, you you less, definitely don't want to watch this then. Less than savory things that I've, I've heard about. Now. Especially so, heading into Father's Day. These are all the things you don't want your daughter to do on this show. Here, you know, Johnny just is not going <laughs> to want to watch Lily Rose Depp do. Uh, it doesn't seem very family friendly. Uh, I do need, yeah, I need some new shows at this point, though, with so many... With so many finishing, but I do I still not. have to 
I could recommend that? I could recommend Class of Class of 09 on Netflix. It stars uh, Brian Taylor Henry and um, what's the what's the, uh, and Kate Mara. So oh yeah, you know Brian Taylor Henry from um, uh, Terrier Henry yeah. from Atlanta. He was in Bullet Train, stuff like that. Very good actor. Was nominated for an Oscar last year. And Kate Mara obviously has been a bunch of stuff. She's Rooney Mara's sister. I can recommend that show. It's a very fun SP, uh, espionage FBI show that bounces back and forth between the present, future, and past. And that one's a good show. FX. All right. FX stays winning, man. That's for yep. sure. Yep. On the note of, of television, you know, with Father's Day around the corner coming this Sunday, uh, you want to throw out some favorite fictional dads? I got a couple Mount Rushmores for you. I got yeah. the, sitcom, the sitcom Mount Rushmore. Uh-huh. You got Homer Simpson. Yep. Yes. Peter Griffin must... up there. Yes. Yes. I'll put Hank Hill. Yep. And then I'll put I'll put Danny Tanner up there. I was gonna say Danny Tanner's up there as well. Um, I I one of mine, you know, shout out J. Cole, rest in peace, uh, Uncle Phil, right? Yeah, uh, Uncle Phil has gotta be uh has gotta be on my list. I also put Carl Winslow on my list, Family Matters, uh, uh on there as well. And I'm I'm old school. Listen. Mike Brady, man, the Brady Bunch. Listen, what what guy <laughs> is gonna, what guy is gonna marry a woman and then take on her other three kids and bring them all into the house with each other? And so, shout out Mike Brady because that was just unprecedented. That was unprecedented then, and even more so job, now man. today. Absolutely. He was ahead of his time. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh, drama dads. I got yeah. Tony Soprano, Walter yes. White, yes. Don Draper, yes. and and the late Logan Roy. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, you know, some of my dads from from drama movies. Um, you know, shout out Furious Styles from Boys in the Hood. Um, absolutely, nice. a, a amazing father. Um, John Q. Denzel Washington. This guy yeah. took a whole hospital hostage so his son could get a heart. I mean, that has to be in the running for Father of the Year. Um, right there. I'm shouting out Marlon from Finding Nemo. Uh, just because oh, he, he went across that. the ocean to find his son, it's my favorite Pixar movie uh, of all time. And yeah. yeah, and how can we forget Darth Vader? Because Luke, <laughs> I am your father. And uh, and 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 one more, I'll throw one more bonus out there. But um, Robin Williams in, in Mrs. Doubtfire, for him to be able to dress up in a dress awesome. just to see his children, and and force Pierce Brosnan out the way. So he's not getting busy with his ex-wife. Amazing father. It was a run by fruiting. Uh, <laughs> I love that. And don't forget on the movie tip, the Liam Neeson's from Taken. You, yes. you, you forget what he did. Nobody That's went above did. and beyond than, than he did for, for their kids. Agreed. I did. I like the, uh, the comments, Al Bundy. Al Bundy's uh, a great one. And Tim, the tool man, Taylor. Yep. Or some fine work there. Oh, Jay yep. Pritchett. That's a more modern family. Reference for sure. Uh, you know, as far as the drama Mount Rushmore, they're just in, back to Tony Soprano, Walter White, Don Draper, Logan Roy, all horrible in their own particular <laughs> way, but all but all about the family. And, you know, there's there's too many terrible fathers in, in Game of Thrones and poor Ned Stark, of course, was like one of the first to go. And then yep. we love the wire. Jimmy McNutty just all, always seems to show up as a sort of deadbeat dad. Yes. But, uh, but he was just trying his best. Yeah. Couple couple RIPs out there too. George Jefferson, oh, obviously on the Jefferson. Um, you know, we talk about um, all in the family as well. Uh, you know, another great dad, and uh, you know Frank Costanza, right? You know Frank Costanza was this was one of my, I think one of the funniest dads of all time on any show. Absolutely brilliant. Right. 
from from Ben Stiller's father, obviously. Yeah, no question there. So on the note of Father's Day, you you yep. posed the question: What's the perfect Father's Day present? What it is, is you know, and every everybody's a little different. I, I think I have an, an inkling for you, but how how do you answer that, Ross? I think yeah, absolutely. I, I think you have to keep it simple. I think people tend to overthink these things. Men usually want um some 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 spirit of their choice some alcohol of their choice whether it's a bourbon or a tequila or a scotch or something like that mm-hmm. um yeah. i have i have purchased myself shout out to binnie's uh binnie's is doing a um an, an autograph session well they're doing a, an engraving session tomorrow you can buy a bottle of 1942 don julio and they'll engrave it for you so i'm buying myself yes. that for father's day tomorrow um but i think men like men like meats cured meats and, and, and yeah. anything that they can throw on the grill and stuff like that. Uh, as, as Cliff put in there. Accent with his Wagyu steaks. The Wagyu steaks yeah. are always a plus. Um, any kind of spices, anything like that. Uh, and, and then I think guys also just want um, some peace and quiet. <laughs> and, Mother's and, Day, man. You yes, can't they, overthink it. They, you know, they want some peace and quiet. They, they want a nice cold beer and they maybe want to watch a baseball game or they want to watch a very dad movie. What's a very dad movie? Is it like Save It Priving Ryan? It would be like the most dad movie of all time. Yeah. Right. It'd be like a new Tom Cruise or, or in my father's case, John Wick 4. <laughs> Yo, there you go. I was going to say dads usually like, like, like World War II movies and stuff like that. So, yeah. Oh, but yeah, a, a nice cold drink and some peace and quiet and some good music and they still want to see their kids, but you know, give them a little space as well. Leave, leave them the hell alone. That's what they yeah. say. Those, those moments are, you know, I'm very early in my dadhood here mm-hmm. and fatherhood, but those moments are already very hard to come by. And um, it, that's what I would appreciate. And, yes. and I know my father and my brother and, and you yourself would also appreciate that as well. Oh, yes. Ron, way to bring this down. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all I really got. Happy birthday, Freddie Gibbs though, too. 41 years old, mm-hmm. one of the best rappers out there. That's He's right. got another Mad Lib project coming one of these days. He's promised he, it. He does. He does. Yeah, I know um, a lot of people have been talking about Tiny Desk performances and stuff this week. We're getting a, a juvenile Manny Fresh Tiny Desk by the end of by the end of next week. Ooh. Check out Freddie Gibbs Tiny Desk performance. Is one of the best Tiny Desk performances ever. Uh, last week was Babyface. He just did a Tiny Desk performance, which was uh, very very awesome. Uh, but yeah. Uh, for, Shout out to to uh, Gary Indiana Zone, Freddie Gibbs. Happy birthday to him. Happy birthday, Fred. Yes. That's right. Yes. All right, everybody. We ran out of show here. Thanks to everybody for listening in. We appreciate it. Remember to follow us on Twitter. Follow me at 311Mac. Follow Ross at Ross Reed. Follow the Barroom Network at Barroom Network. And if you've missed any of this show, you can catch it on YouTube. After we end, and you can catch the audio-only versions on Spotify, on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Remember to like, subscribe, tell a friend or two. Everybody have a great Father's Day. Have a great rest of your week. Enjoy. And we, for now, we say deuces. Be good to each other. So long, everybody. Peace. I'm gonna go get some more.